We work so hard to get stronger, happier, more productive and successful. Don't forget the secret ingredient. Get grounded in play. Play grounding when it's time to get a life. Can you say hi, Bubba? Hi. What's your name? Grayson. That's right. Grayson what? Grayson and Palma. That's right. (laughs) Mm, He is four. Yeah, he's a good little athlete. (laughs) Welcome back to the Playgrounding Podcast. This is Kara Stewart-Fortier. Coming to you once again from the Treehouse here at Theory Labs at the Brewery Artist Colony in Los Angeles. My victim slash guest this week is fitness and nutrition expert Martin Mapoma. Now, I didn't ask him to come on here and give us diet and exercise advice, even though there's definitely a little of that in the interview. I asked him on because he runs a program called Primal Play. Now, it's a program for kids. And we don't really talk a lot about play for kids on here. I mean, there's a lot of that on other websites. It's it's a whole topic. But this podcast is more about us adults rediscovering play. And his story and his passion for why he does what he does, I think it's really transformative and will be really amazing for you guys to hear. Because what he does for kids, I'm I'm beginning to realize that it's it's what we needed to do for ourselves if we weren't lucky enough to have a Martin in our lives as children, and I really wasn't. So I'm lucky now because I've had Martin as a fitness trainer for the past few months. And what I love about the way he teaches, it's not just about health, which is really important, we all know, and it's also not just about vanity and body image, which is why most people go to trainers in the first place. I mean, it was for me. I really, I did want to get healthy, of course, but I also just wanted to fit in the clothes I used to have and that kind of thing. But he didn't let me get away with looking at it that way. He wants me to train to have a body that cooperates with me, that moves, that helps me participate in the amazing things that this world has to offer. He basically wants to train people to be able to embrace fun and embrace the world physically. And that's something that's been brand new to me and amazing. Um, so I'm going to leave all the rest of it to the interview. We go over everything, even the kind of the process that I've been through with him and how it's transformed, transformed me. We'll also be talking about his program for children and even meeting his son. Um, in the show notes, I'm going to include pictures of his son and his um, his gym there that he has set up for kids. But also, I'm going to link to his website and his Yelp page because you need to see the 18 five-star reviews posted there. And they are the only reviews there. There's nothing less than a five. He changes lives, me included. And I'll talk about that in the interview. But The fascinating thing about him is that he didn't start out as a trainer. As with so many of the people we've had on so far, he walked a long and winding road before he found his true calling, which includes his struggle with ADHD and how he found what brought him to where he is today. So I'm really excited for you to hear this interview. By the way, we recorded this in his gym. It was my first on-location 
recording. Um, so every once in a while you might hear some strange noises. Maybe there was a parking lot outside the door, a couple car engines that were a little annoying. But other than that, it sounds pretty good. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, I was just so happy to have had the opportunity to interview him in between classes. So I hope you enjoy. And now, Martin Mapoma. Welcome, Martin. I'm so glad you could be on the show. Oh, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Today is a little bit different, and I've never done anything like this before. We are on location. That's right. We are, <laughs> we are at Martin's gym. That's right. Here in Pasadena. We are Reflex Performance. Reflex Good deal. Performance. By way of physique factor and primal play, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. There are, <laughs> there are a lot of business people, a lot of entrepreneurs working out of this gym. That's right. A lot of ventures happening here. Um, yeah, so... Uh, few months before the wedding, the last fall, I had spent the entire year trying different books and not, I won't say fads, but they were, whatever <laughs> they were, I had done everything I could think of to possibly do, which just led me to despair that I was going to look horrible in my wedding dress. So my husband and I splurged and I went on a search for a trainer and I have never done anything like it before. I was referred to you and oh my goodness, I'm so glad. It's <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear that. That's, that makes me feel happy too. Yes, it's been quite an adventure. Um, and I won't go into all that right now. It's, I could turn this into a whole health and fitness podcast and sure. maybe it will. Um, but what really excited me about what you do is, well, first of all, when we trained, we just chatted and I told you about the podcast and uh -huh. it just so happened that like just so many insights and um, so many interesting things kept coming up. And then when I saw that you have a children's program called Primal Play, I'm like, it's on. We have to do this. <laughs> so, but first of all, would you mind just telling us a little bit about how you give us your origin story? Mr. Superhero. Oh, wow. Let's see. Oh, superhero. <laughs> I like that. Uh, well, uh, I was born in Zambia, Africa. Uh, moved to the States with my dad when I was about three years old. He got his PhD at UCLA. And we lived here till I was almost eight Then moved back to Zambia. And then came back here when I was 17 for school. Spent one year in prep school uh, to use at a small uh, private Baptist college. And then went to the University of, University of Kentucky where I studied architecture after school, moved to Chicago, and made my way all the way out here to L.A. Yeah. And you've here had, in Pasadena. <laughs> you've had a lot of adventures. It seems to be. I have. <laughs> I have. I have. It's been quite a journey. Yes. And, and you know, maybe this is the right time to ask this, too. When, when I started learning about the play personalities, and I mentioned this one specifically, it's called The Kinesthete. It's from Stuart sure. Brown's book on play. Sure. And, um, it's the people who have to move to think. And your eyes just lit up. And yeah. It, you started telling me some stories. You're pretty accomplished in the architecture realm um, as far as what you were capable of. I did win a United Nations um, art scholarship in, in high school. Mm -hmm. And I was always really, really great at drawing. I could draw anything. Draw, mm -hmm. draw anything, paint anything. Mm -hmm. And so when I applied to the University of Kentucky's Architecture School, uh, I got in. Awesome. So it was... It was one of those things where, you know, art came easy to me, mm -hmm. so it wasn't that much of a struggle as far as uh, design-wise, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I had other issues at the time, you know. <laughs> I, uh, one of the reasons why I like Primal Play so much is because I, you know, I, I, really, I found out later on that I was ADHD, oh. and so with everything that I was doing, I could never keep still, never keep still. <laughs> I can never keep my mouth shut. 
which you know <laughs> would drive a lot of people crazy. And then when you're a kid in school, you don't realize it. Yeah. Um, but as I got older, I realized that you know there was something going on with me, mm-hmm. and so I just sort of worked to uh, to get through that. Mm-hmm. And it's always it's always been, it's always been very difficult for me to in, in a in a in a classroom environment to sort of sit still and really concentrate because my mind would just wander. Did they give you like tools and they didn't methods? Know. They, oh, didn't they didn't know. know no, this time. happened okay. long after that. Uh, what would happen, especially like in high school, for example, I the kids in my class would be handing in assignments that had been handed out at the beginning of the term mm-hmm. that I didn't even know had been handed out. <laughs> and it was quite frightening. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought there was a problem with me. You know, mm. I said, you know, it was one thing to be a chatty kid in school, but it's another thing to see them going through an entire term discussing a project that had been handed out and having no idea what was going on. Yeah. You know, and I only I had one teacher who would see me daydreaming you know, all the kids are studying, and I'm making paper planes or looking out the window. And he took that time instead of trying to help me to sort of, you know, you know, call me out in class Ugh. and sort of shame me. Yeah. But the way he shamed me, I realized later on, it was a classic example of how ADHD works with kids. Mm. And so, you know, throughout my time, you know, after school, you know, as an actor, and then getting into personal training and, you know, strength and conditioning, you know, I sort of found a home for myself because in this environment, I can really focus, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're working in with movement on any level, if you're a good trainer or someone who's really involved, you have to be watching. You really can't take your mind off of what you're doing, especially when you're working with children because, you know, it's a recipe for disaster. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I've excelled. That's where I've, you know, I've, I've yeah. done really well for myself. Because it didn't matter, you know, how talented of an architect you were, prizes and all. When it came right, student. Yeah, well, student. <laughs> well, in, it, when it came yeah. right down to the actual nuts and bolts of what it means to be an architect yeah, and the sitting at side that of desk, it. and yeah, it was tough. It was, yeah. it was very, very tough. Uh, yeah, it, it's in, when people just. When people don't understand that, they sort of tend to sort of brush it off or they tend to sort of pass you along. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is, it is what it is. It is what it I is. I still love architecture. I, you know, I still look at buildings and get blown away. <laughs> but, you know, I've you yeah. know, sort of found my uh, path now. So how did, how did the acting begin? This was right oh, after college? Boy. Just yeah. curious. Just, just that curious. That was something else. We had, my wife and I at the time had gone to, back to Zambia to visit my parents. We came back and... You know, again, I was kind of on a, this journey. What am I going to do now? Yeah. Um, I started doing some print work. She was working for an agency in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and she was visiting a, a photo house called Austin Busey in Cincinnati. Hmm. And came back and said, hey, look, you know, your picture fell out. They didn't like any of our male guys. They wanted to use you. And I'm like, what? Uh, <laughs> no. I'm not a model. Well, they pay you $150 an hour. It's like, sign me up. All right. <laughs> so I started doing that. And, you know, it's, you know, I was already working out through, through college. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, and that's where it all started. I was already working out, so I was in pretty decent shape. And so I started doing that. So every week I was driving up to Cincinnati to do work and coming home. And one day my agency submitted me for a commercial audition. And I auditioned for the commercial, and I got it. And I fell in love with acting. Aww. You know, they gave me a trailer. I was really happy. <laughs> and so uh, we had a guy from Elite in Chicago who came to, to he was scouting for models. And I mm-hmm. drove him around for three days. And a real nice guy. <laughs> and I said to him, hey, look, you know, 
what do I have to do to get to Chicago? He says, well, you want to be an actor? I said, yeah, I would really enjoy it. He goes, work your butt off for a year, yep. and then you give me a call. And so I came home, and I, that, that's exactly what I did. I started doing theater as much as I could, started you know, taking classes, started doing more commercials. And I called him up a year to that day, Aww. and he actually said, come on down. So I came, went, moved to Chicago, uh, walked into his office, and he set me up with their commercial agent. And he said, look, in Chicago, you don't have to be exclusive with anybody right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go visit some other agencies? He said, it may be tough. They may, you know, slam the door in your face, but try and be persistent. Well, I, every office that I walked into, they said, yes, we'll take you. Oh, my goodness. So I came back to Kentucky, <laughs> moved to Chicago, and wow. I sort of never looked back. So I spent the last 20 years or so, you know, as an actor. It's like the dream. I mean, just having, it's, it's kind of ironic that I've now had, you're the third actor, <laughs> not counting my myself with my former aspirations from my 20s, but um, sure. yeah, like that's just something that se- sounds so unheard of that you kind of had that golden touch. Yeah, but I you was, got some fun roles. You, you've had you had some I did. roles I had people some, might remember. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. I um, <laughs> I was in ER for I was on ER, uh, Days of Our Lives, NCIS. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> NCIS New York. No, I did some good stuff. I love stuff. all that stuff. I'm such a, I'm a junkie for TV. Yeah, I was, you know, I was always drawn to the art side of stuff. You know, the business side of it, for yeah. example, with architecture, was never my thing. It was very easy for me to sort of delve into the arts. And that gets tough, you know, because mm-hmm. when living an artist's life is not easy. No, you know, And you have no. to make a lot of sacrifices. And you have to understand that, you know, you, there won't be certain things that you won't be able to do with certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, which can be... You talk all around, you know, dating, you yep. know, those kinds of things. If, you, if you're not on the same path as certain people, they're like, oh, I don't know what this guy's doing. So, <laughs> you know, and it was funny because I was actually doing pretty well as an actor. But, yeah, you know, as you get older, you begin to understand these things a little better. So one of the things I heard you say back there just, um, about work your butt off for a year mm-hmm. is that I, I sometimes feel like, especially when someone's sitting in a cubicle or sitting in a, in a place where they're just like, I wish I could play. I wish I could be having fun. I wish I loved sure. my life. Sure, sure. Um, they see people doing the kinds of things they want to do, and they think, well, okay, not counting the fact that, yes, you got a lot of people who wanted to say yes to you. That's not the norm for a lot no, of actors. No, it's not. I, again, I got lucky. <laughs> but you still but you still did the work, and I'm sure that that's actually part of why you, you had a lot of people say yes to you, because preparation meets opportunity and magic happens. But exactly. the, the preparation is a huge part of it, and, and I think it's one thing that keeps showing up consistently – in a lot of these interviews is you have to actually do the work and it is work to get to it the is. places you want to go that are fun. It is exactly. <laughs> that and that's, that a, joy. You know, that's true. And that's the thing with acting, you know, it's, it's, it's not an easy business. It's no. a very unforgiving business. And you know, if you take time off to do other things, people forget about you really fast and they move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it can be very rewarding, but it's also very tough. Yeah. And you know, I look back at it now and I ask myself, could I, should I have done more? And I you know, think to myself, no, you know what, I, I, I can think of several moments where I, I was really working, working hard to get to where I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just getting the opportunities, you know. Mm-hmm. As many breaks that I had, there were, some, there were some very tough losses, too. Yeah. You know, part of, you know, you know having ADHD... You know, and being sort of outgoing and, you know, you're always laughing and joking. People don't tend to take you very seriously. Uh-huh. No, through no fault of their own, which is, you know, fine. But that's not who I was. You, you know, mean I, you weren't the brooding actor? No, I wasn't the brooding actor. <laughs> I was, you know, very easygoing, very carefree. I was, I was very inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that can come off as being, you know, simple-minded in yeah. some ways, which is fine. Well, you know? that definitely works out for you being a trainer. 
that personality. It does. It's, it's, it does. It's pretty awesome, which makes me wonder then how you made this transition and now you seem to just be in this place of just actual explosion and and growth and yeah, it's, blooming. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Well, back in 2008 when the recession hit, I was a developmental actor, so I was going out for stuff here. You know, I was going out for guest starring roles, you know, lead roles on TV series and things like that. Uh, when the depre- when the uh, recession hit, you know, all the big time actors were starting to do guest starring stuff, and we got mm-hmm. pushed back to, you know, co starring roles and things like that. Um, at that same time, I was training a friend who I worked with for her wedding. She just asked me if I would train her, and she looked great for her wedding. And so mm-hmm. another friend who was working with working with us said, "Hey, look, you trained her. Would you train me?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Okay," and that's where it started. It started to you know develop because. You know, the one thing that I noticed, though, I, I trained those two. Mm-hmm. And then through them, I met someone else. Her name was Arby. Mm-hmm. Amazing woman, Arby Robinson. And when I first met her, <laughs> I drove all the way out to where she was living. And she had never run a day in her life. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And at the time, I was running quite a bit. I'd done a half marathon in Chicago, and I'd done a couple other uh, 5Ks. And I was always involved in pers- you know, I was always involved in, in physical fitness. Mm-hmm. And I was always giving workouts to my friends without thinking of being a trainer yeah. when I was in Chicago and then when I moved out here. And so when I started training her, she said, I don't run. And I said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to run to the end of the block mm-hmm. and go from there. Oh, okay. So we did that. <laughs> I said, now we're going to run all the way around the block. And we started running from, from the block to around the block to, to the street corner all the way down at the end of her, you know, of her uh, uh, neighborhood, mm-hmm. all the way to the highway. And it developed from there. And we did our first 5K together, and wow. they started, yeah. And then she started training for a uh, half marathon, I think it was, and the mar- then the LA marathon. And when she ran the LA marathon, I went down to watch her wa- uh, run Aww. it, and it was great. Yeah, she did a great job. But I'll never forget when she got done with all of this, and you know we we're back training, and you know we were, I think we were either working out in her park or somewhere. But mm-hmm. I remember her just saying, you know, Martin. You've changed my life. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, come on. She goes, no, <laughs> you, you've, you've changed my life. You really, really have. And I, I really want to thank you. And that really hit me. Yeah. Because, you know, as an actor, you know, when I wanted to be an architect, I said, oh, I want to build the biggest buildings in the world. And, <laughs> you know, I want you know, everyone to know what I had done. And that's great. But yeah. if, you know, if you don't have the mentality for if you don't have the, the not necessarily the mentality, but the drive and the willingness to put up with all this if you have to, you know, me sitting still in a cubicle is not going to be good. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, as an actor, I wanted to change the world, which you can do. You mm-hmm. can make, you can help, you know, change opinion on certain things, which is great. Yeah. But when she told me that as a trainer, physically helping her, it really hit me. And I said, you know what, this is, this, this is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, this is, I never felt the way I felt with her being an actor. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I started to think about it a little more and I said, okay, well, how do I move from what I was doing to becoming a personal trainer? Because that was a big move. When mm-hmm. I left the idea of beginning being an architect to be an actor, I knew that was going to be a very big move. I knew that the, my lifestyle was going to com- have to completely change and the things that I wanted to do as an, as an architect, I could not do as an actor. It could be a very tough road but I was willing to go down that road, you know, mm-hmm. for my craft. Yeah. And you run into all kinds of obstacles. And going through all of that, 
to get to the point where you had to, I decided to change again and become a personal trainer, mm -hmm. that was an even bigger step. Because what I do with the last 15 years of my life that I've been working so hard towards, mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I, that's something even to this day in some ways still tugs at me. But I knew that if I could help people in my own way, that it would be worth it. And so I started training people. Um, I started getting the education, you know, I have lots of certifications, some yeah. very tough. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I belong to, I belong to one of the, the toughest strength and conditioning schools, you know, in the country where I got my first cert and it, it, it was tough. Mm -hmm. But when I started training people, I started, I started to see the benefit mm. if you, of really, you know, taking the time to craft, to craft great workouts that were molded for them and then really finding a way to connect with my clients and help them understand that if they do these things, it'll help them. Seeing them put that, the, seeing them, you know, apply what I said to what they were doing and to see the changes come and see their faces light up and, you know, it's, it's a great feeling. Yeah. You know, you know personal trainers don't, you know, there's a stigma with personal trainers, especially in California. You, know, you go <laughs> yeah. to, you know, you go to some of the big gyms and, you know, they're, it's all about turnover, getting them in, getting them in. And, mm -hmm. you know, half the trainers are, you know, they're hitting on their clients mm -hmm. and you can, you can get a bad rep that way. That's not what, what I'm about. No. And that's not what people I work with are about. And which brings me to, you know, kids. Yeah. I, I, I love children. Anybody who knows me will tell you all, Martin loves kids. And you have the cutest little one. <laughs> Thank you, Grayson. Yeah, he's, he's, my, he's uh, the light of my life. You know, and he's part of why I started to change. You know, I started mm -hmm. to move towards working with children more. Um, I'm astounded at the, number of, at the number of children out there who, who have to deal with obesity, mm -hmm. you know, bad nutrition, and more importantly, the, the, inability, the inability to move well. Yeah. You know, I've worked with kids, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven years old who can't touch their toes. Really? Yet, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. You know, I have kids I work with now who can't do that. And we're working on it, but it's, it, it's when you have to deal with something like that, the, inabil the inability to move well, yeah. it's, you have to address that first before you can get into you know, any kind of, you know, specialized movement. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when they're a little older, you know, it's tougher to address because they're very goal-oriented. They want to move, they want to run faster. They want to jump faster, especially if they're involved in the sport. Yeah. But it's, when you see it in kids who are seven years old, they can't touch their toes, it, 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 it was like a, it was like a light bulb went off in my head. Like this, this has to change. Yeah. And so and what happened, and the reason why that happens is because, you know, kids when they're four years old, they can do all that. Their, their bodies are so malleable. Yeah. And a lot, of that, a lot of that is because they're not in school. Mm -hmm. Once kids start school, they sit they for sit. six, seven, eight hours a day. Then they get tons of homework just dumped on them. Mm -hmm. They sit for another three hours a day. So the next, next thing you know, they're spending 11 hours at the table in a fixed position mm -hmm. with very little movement, yeah. very little exercise, and they lock up and they get tight. Yeah. And then you, and, and then you, you, you compound that with, you know, not eating well, and then you have an epidemic of obesity mm -hmm. in in children. Yeah, which is you know which is something that I just don't find acceptable. And even some of the ways that children are rewarded for getting their work done, that kind of sure. thing. It's not run outside anymore. It's no. you get to watch this TV show, you get to yeah. you know play this video game. Now hold on there, I'm a big. Gamer, I know. So. I'm a and no. I, I'm I understand what you're saying. TV I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But no, you, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah. And so one of the things with my son that I've really worked hard at doing is making sure that, you know, he loves video games. He's, <laughs> he's my son. It's great. 
But he is, he is at school, and his school is working in such a way where he's always active. He's always up running mm-hmm. around doing things. So when he comes home, a lot of times he's pretty tired. So we'll play a couple <laughs> of games and usually educational things. Yeah. He goes to sleep and he's fine. Oh, wow. And that's one of the things that I'm going to watch them because as he gets older, he's, he will stay active. Yeah. But so, you know, I work with these kids. You know, I, I wanted to work with kids in such a way that I could help them. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, with ADHD, <laughs> I, you know, having that didn't bother me. I, I was, I, I've been able to focus with them. Yeah. And I found with some of the kids that I've worked with that, you know, you know that, that may have issues helping them move better mm-hmm. has made a huge impact on them. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, you know, if they're, you know, if, if even if they don't have ADHD, if they have other things, they can't sit still, you mm-hmm. know, they're, they, you know, ang- I've seen kids with anger issues that I've worked with that have, you know, come in here and worked with me that have just changed. Mm-hmm. You know, I work with a group of kids, a family, and the kids are really rambunctious. They're all going, <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, towards, you know, three, three or four months into it, all of a sudden they just started to change. I just noticed a huge change in them. You know, they were really into it. You know, a lot of kids come in here and they get intimidated, especially if they don't have any kind of, you know, movement background or any mm-hmm. kind of athletic background. They, they get intimidated. My job is to help them by saying, hey, look, it's okay. This is a fun place for you to be. Yes. We, I want you to have fun. Yeah, and that's exactly what I found interesting when I first saw that sign outside that said primal play. Um, I grew up without a lot of physical you know I was in music and so very early on I think in fourth grade you start getting sidelined because they don't have a lot of extra time in school even when I was a kid and so it's like when it's time for like recess or or you know when you could be in PE I mean I don't remember when I actually had to stop doing PE I think that was sometime in high school where it's like music took precedence but that was more chair time Um, and from then on doing any kind of physical activity I dreaded it I hated it I resented anyone who made me have to do it how do you get a child to be motivated? Just for instance, I mean, I know it's hard hard enough on adults, but do the children walk in? I mean, obviously, usually parents will sign them up for these kinds of things, and like, like you said, some of them are intimidated. How how do they usually start with you? Like, I, I how make do you it motivate fun. them? You have to make it fun. <laughs> Kids love gameplay. Yeah. If you make if you make their workouts full of games and make it fun, they'll mm-hmm. stay. Because a kid that doesn't like what they're doing, they're worse than their parents. They will never come back. Yeah. You have to make it fun for them. And that's why I like working with kids in a group. Mm. Um, it's funny because, you know, the kids that I have now, they like what we do. You know, yeah. I've, I've, you know I work with them. I assess them to make sure they're doing, you know, that, that, I, that I'm meeting their needs. But those heavy bags over there, mm-hmm. I put a pair of gloves in them and they start hitting that bag. It's, it's transformative. It's <laughs> hilarious. Every kid that I've worked with, when I put the heavy bag, when I put the gloves on them, they go nuts. Oh my god! They love to hit the heavy bag, and believe it or not, boxing, like martial arts, is a great way to get exercise. It's a great, you know, way to learn how to to, to work with your body. Mm-hmm. You know, hand-eye coordination, proprioception, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, they come in here, and you know, and it depends on the age too. I mean, certain ages, you know, I, I like to work with little kids as well. Yeah. Um, you can't expect them to do a perfect push-up or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you know, I have them jumping over things, crawling through things. You know, my son comes in here, and I put him on the balance board, and he's walking <laughs> on the little beam. Oh my! So I'm like walk. You know, I have him jumping over the hurdles over there. Oh. You know, he loves doing that kind of stuff. But they let us do that kind of stuff in PE instead of making us choose teams and play basketball and. 
feeling all humiliated and stuff. Not that I ever felt humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that stuff. But you're pretty good, though. I've worked with you for a while. and you, Well, you know. actually, and that's something I wanted to bring up, too, is that, you know, how you motivate kids and how you motivate adults is really not that different. That's kind of what this podcast is all about. Yeah. And I know for me, I kind of came into this with a mission of, okay, I got to not fit into a wedding dress. The wedding dress was being made around whatever was going to end up being my body at the time. Um, but I was pretty burned out and feel, feeling like nothing was going to work. And, and okay, I, I feel like if I had been more strict with my food, I know this for a fact, that I would be like a Barbie doll You can't look back right at it. You can't no. look back on it. But the coolest part is, um, coming, we're doing our last two this coming week, and then I'm going to be joining your kettlebell class. You better be. Um, I will. Okay. <laughs> but the thing that's been fascinating for me is I've always felt, the number one thing I hear people complain about, and what I've always felt about the gym, is that it's just such useless, wasted time. Where, you know, you come in, like you're busy, you have all these things to do, um, you you come into the gym and suddenly you're stuck in this awful place that smells funny. It's not a waste of time. Yeah, it's not so a waste of time. It feel it feels that way only because I you don't know what is happening in there, you know. Yeah. And especially if you know you're on a budget and you just have enough to join a gym and you don't really have enough to fi- learn anything, um, yeah. and you think you can read about anything, and um, it's just it feels so useless. And especially yeah. when you don't see results mostly because of lack of yeah. education. Um, but you brought me in and you were going to teach me about this thing called the kettlebell. And I'm the kind of personality that I like to achieve th- something. I like to conquer something, to learn something. And I felt like for the first time working out was fun for me because I was learning a skill. Yeah. And then as, I, as time started going on, my husband started to realize that there was a butt back there on me that I never <laughs> had before. <laughs> I still haven't gotten my thank you card from him yet. Uh, I'm waiting for that. Keep telling him. We haven't finished our thank you cards from the wedding yet. Exactly. (laughs) That's funny. But yeah, like that's something like, so you kind of knew how to get in my brain in that way. You've also been a great student, (laughs) you know, and this is what I talk about with trainers. You know, we're, you know, there are a lot of people out there who, you know, they, they scoff at trainers, but Mm -hmm. I always say, you know, no one ever takes us seriously as professional health professionals until Mm -hmm. someone gets injured. Then all of a sudden, mm. well, you're the trainer, you're the health professional. Why did you do this or why did you do that? Yeah. What we do, if we do it properly, is, is a great honor. I mean, yeah. it's not a waste of time. And people Mm-mm. say that all the time. This is your body. And mm-hmm. I have found that the most recept- receptive clients that I have are my, have been my older clients. Yeah. You know, I had a client now, Ed, who recently passed away at 86, who I had since he was in his early 70s, mid-70s. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things that he always said to me was, you know, I wish I started doing this when I was a little bit younger. Yep. And everything that I gave him to do, he did. His fitness was paramount in his life because, and it helped him live a lot longer. When he came to me, he could barely move. Mm-hmm. And he stayed on a lot longer. Older clients, unfortunately, my older clients, they get it because yeah. they wish they could have done it when they were younger. Um, other clients of mine that, are a little younger than that, in their 40s, they get it too, but it's not a waste of time. You only get one body. Yeah. And if you don't take care of yourself, it's going to manifest in other ways. Yep, absolutely. You know, it's, people that say they don't have time, I'm like, okay, you don't have time, but it's going to catch up with you. Oh, it does. I've been watching it in the lives of people I love, and you know, I'm not, I, yeah. it's, it's definitely a motivation for me, but, but it, it feels like I'd, I've, I've always had this thing where the motivation for fitness has always come from a negative 
and it's, it's either I don't want to get fat or I already am mm-hmm. or I don't want to get sick, you know, those kinds of things. And then it feels like this other thing you have to do. Yeah. Um, but, and so you use your same types of motivation on adults that you do with the kids. And that's mm-hmm. the kind of thing that I think is exciting is that you do make it fun. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You know, if people, don't, if people don't have fun, they won't come back. And you I, also I don't make it painful. painful. No, it's and not somebody about being was, painful. Somebody was telling me, like, if it's not painful, then are you making any progress? And, of course, that's, that's the thing ridiculous. people always say. But you, when I sometimes I'll be doing something, and you'll be like, what's wrong? Like, I kind of feel like I'm going to throw up. And you're like, well, let's stop. Yeah, please, and please. I've noticed I do come home with that pain, mm-hmm. you know, and it's lovely, and it feels good to know that I've actually, you know, I have a little bit of the muscle pain you're supposed to have. The soreness, muscle soreness, yeah. muscle fatigue, yeah, not pain. I don't and want you to have soreness. No, pain. no, but it's, it's a great thing because I feel like you, you've leveled this ramp on the way up. And yeah. all I had to do the whole time was go, if I just keep doing this, just trust it, just trust it, just trust it. And, and it was fun, and I was a learning a skill, and I'm, and I'm excited to move forward. And this is a first for me in my entire life, from childhood on, I never cared about yeah. this flesh thing that I go around in. Yeah, well, you, you know, know what's funny about it? <laughs> you mean your body? Yes, flesh exactly. Thing? It's a great. new thing for me to feel like there's hope. If you notice, in the entire time we worked out, we, we went through very few movements. Mm-hmm. You know, we did some a lot of the same things, but improved on them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I battle with my clients over all the time is variety. Ooh, yeah. You know, they want to change that workout up, so they feel like they're getting somewhere. Oh, I'm working new muscles. Mm-hmm. I feel sore. I'm really getting, getting ahead. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. No. You know, I have this thing posted on my Facebook page, and I, I love tell people all the time. You know, it's a, it, it, you know what is more? You know, what's more fun than variety? Progress. Yes. Progress is pretty fun. Pretty yes. fun. Yes. You know, you can't you can't measure variety. You know, variety feeds the ego. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you do something for you know you know you, you do something for one session. Yeah. Then you want to change it up the next session. Why are we doing this again? And I always I always tell people, look, you know, I spent an hour hour and a half putting together your workout to do it one time. Yeah. <laughs> that makes no sense. No. You know, they want to. And you know, I've had this argument before. Okay, let's move on. Fine. Why are we moving on? What did we achieve from this workout? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think you think I think I got stronger. Really? How do you know? Mm-hmm. Because we started we started lifting this weight, and <laughs> we didn't move to another weight. And then a lot of people don't like that. Yeah. So sticking with the things, the basics, mm-hmm. and getting better at the basics will give you all the progress in the world you need. Yeah, and you know what? Doing a whole variety of things at the gym I mean you're going to be at the gym for a really long time before you actually see the kind of benefits that will lead to the true variety of what you can do with your body that I feel now is available to me. I have so much more strength now. I can go hiking. You're I way have more healthier stamina. than you were back then. Yeah, I can, I can climb things. I mean, I'm actually considering allowing my husband is, and I've been talking about going to this climbing gym that's right next to our house. And, you know, cause he's thinking that might be something cause he did it in when he was younger. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll try to get over my fear of heights. Well, the reason why I feel more confident to even be able to try to do that is because I'm so much stronger right now than I've ever been from doing that repetition with those kettlebells every week. And, you know, so I feel like the fun of actually putting yourself on this kind of a journey of actually Mm -hmm. trying to like bring yourself into this place of health is that it opens you up to a world of variety and fun. And that's what I want for kids. Yes. And that's why, you know, and that's why I created Primal Play. Yes. You know, I always, you know, on the cover of my, uh, of my flyer, (laughs) you know, Primal Play, run, jump, play. Yay. An exclusive and unique youth strength and conditioning program, which teaches primal movement to kids of all ages in a positive, Mm -hmm. we need that, fun and 
rewarding environment. Right yeah. There. And what? And if, so yeah. I, go ahead. No, what do people do to like get their kids into your program? You know, it's funny because the parents who appreciate movement and appreciate exercise, they come in right away. They don't ever. Yeah. They and they just they hand their kids over and say, "Do what you've got to do." Yeah. Then you get the parents who think that you know the parents that think that physical education is a waste of time or is not really important. Yeah. We never get them in, which it's which is sad, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like those kids do suffer in the end. Yeah. Because you know, learning how to move and to move well, you know, translates. It helps with so many other aspects of your life. Yeah. And I just wish that more people understood that. Yeah. You know, kids who are overweight. Or you know, overweight, or you know, lethargic. You know, primal, primal play, primal movement can help them, mm-hmm. and it it helps them deal with lethargy. It helps them become more alert. Mm-hmm. And kids that you know start to lose weight, you know, they they feel better about themselves. Yes. And it's not about you know, it's not about giving kids who are overweight a hard time. It's not it's not about that. Yeah. But I want to instill in them the importance of eating healthy, mm-hmm. moving well, and the joys that they can get out of life by just doing those two simple things. Mm-hmm. If you eat well and you move well, you will have fun. Mm-hmm. You, you, will find your, you, you will find your way through life. You know? And I, I wish that more parents understood that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, you know, the ones that do, it's great. Yeah. But a lot of the ones that don't, their kids are going to suffer. What would you say, so I'm imagining that maybe there's some parents out there who do recognize the importance they have never applied that in their own lives. I know for me, I'm not a parent, so I don't know exactly yeah. how, well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, not being a parent myself, it's, I don't really know what you, what they've gone through. I've watched it in so many of my friends. Sure. But I know that just being a single person, sometimes, it's just getting from zero to where I'm at now, I didn't think it was even possible. It took the motivation of a wedding to get me to even try. It's usually um, what it takes. Yeah, like, like I, I don't imagine that there would be some parents out there who would say, I know that my body is reaching that point of no return. At least that's how it feels. Mm-hmm. Um, am I just going to, is this the end for me where I'm just going to end up on a couch? You know, um, I don't want my child to be like that. I don't want to set a bad example, but I don't know how to get started. Like, I mean, I, I imagine it's kind of like a twofold process in some senses. What would, you, what kind of advice would you give to someone who just kind of doesn't even know how to move forward and they ignore it just because it's uncomfortable? I, the first thing that I would do is find, find a, find an activity that your kids like to do that that that, that requires them to get outside and move a lot, um, whether it's soccer or you know swimming or even just taking them to the park and having them climb on the jungle gym. A lot of you know a lot of parents that have kids whose kids don't go to the park very often, it's kind of sad. You have to get them out there. Uh, you know, try, try and get them enrolled in an activity. There's a lot of things you can, you can go online. And you can look at Primal Play online, mm-hmm. at, you know, uh, especially on Facebook at Primal Play Kids, yep. Youth Strength and Conditioning. Yes. And you'll see, you know, and we have a, we have a phone where you can call us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not us, some, something else. You know, you know, just punch in Kids Fitness, and hmm. a lot of things will come up. You know, Youth Strength and Conditioning, a lot of things will come up. There are ways to do it. If you're not involved in fitness, you won't think that way. Mm-mm. But if they're listening to this, I, that's what I would say. Yeah. Look, go online and just look up kids' fitness, mm-hmm. and things will come up for you that can help you do that. Exactly. And, that, and, and you, know, you know, 
the person giving your kids a gift of life mm-hmm. is the biggest gift you can give them. Absolutely. I think that giving them the gift of health, mm-hmm. to me, rivals academics and everything else. Because you can be the richest, smartest kid in the world, but if, you're, if your body is circling the drain, none of it matters. <laughs> yeah. You know? It, it really, really doesn't. And, 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 that, and, and in that sense, I would say that their health is the number one thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and health actually leads... I mean, I, I keep bringing things back to fun, but it really leads to enjoyment of life. It does. And the ability to go do the fun things that, it does. that light us all up. It's an amazing story how you kind of came to, to the point where you knew that this was the right thing for you. And it's so perfect because, you know, you found joy in it and it fits your ADHD personality. It yeah. fits, you know, it just it really is a great fit. I will see you Tuesday. next Tuesday morning at 9. That's right, you kettlebells. will. Kettlebells. That's right. We swing in, <laughs> pressing, squatting, Absolutely. all that good stuff. And then also he has a kettlebell class every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 a.m. That's right. Here in Pasadena, if you live in the area. He's an amazing teacher, and the kettlebells are miracle bells. I don't know. Just <laughs> oh, the little things you. you do with the – you don't seem like very different kinds of movements, but they will just – wow. Yeah. I'm like a tree trunk now. It's amazing. Anyway. <laughs> She's very, very strong. Well, you have a little one who has set up an obstacle course right behind you, and I want to see what he's about to do. So I'll help you in a second. Thank you for this interview. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right. I'll see you next week. Okay. Yes, you will. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Playgrounding Podcast. In the show notes, you'll find links to Martin's Primal Play, as well as Physique Factor, the amazing gym where I got to get transformed. You'll also find some pictures of his little son and a little obstacle course video uh, that his son set up himself in the gym while we were doing the interview and then executed flawlessly for us when it was all done. Um, If you feel like joining me for a kettlebell class, you're invited Tuesday, Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Go to the website. You'll get all the information. I'm not a morning person, but I make it happen because he's that good. If you like what's going on here, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review on iTunes to help us build this community and reach more people with the message that play transforms lives. If you do, I'll be your best friend. See you next week.